Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey! Hello! Welcome to the show! Welcome to the show! We've got lots of cool things going on. Is it finally working? Um, maybe... The printer's working. How is everyone? Welcome to You, Me, and a Poltergeist. We are that crazy couple that gets in lots of trouble. <laughs> I just thought about that in my brain right then. Usually my verbal memory doesn't allow me to pick out words like that. What's new, babe? Nothing. It's COVID-19. Nothing new. Mm. We're reaching the end of the restrictions, kind of reaching a sort of point where we're going to get lessened restrictions which is going to be amazing yeah i think we're in stage one at the moment where like only one friend and another friend from separate houses can meet out in public i mean um, that's all the friends i have still no hospitality yeah that's all friends i've got still no hospitality open besides takeaway um but funnily enough retail normal retail stores can go back to work if they want to yeah you have to respect social distancing and i just don't think any of it should be allowed and i think this is the document <laughs> that i oh, tried printing wow. before is finally printing it's like hey yeah okay we'll print while we're on air take your time take take your time printer i hope it's just the one that's printing here how about these five others Here's all the others you tried to print. Yeah. I think that should be it. I've done that many a time. I remember once I tried to print like a 10-page document and it just wasn't working for some reason and I ended up printing like 60 pages of document. <laughs> yeah. As they say, patience is a virtue. And I'm not virtuous, that's for <laughs> You're sure. You're not patient. <laughs> oh, God, no. Patience is not in my repertoire. No. Oh, actually, I'd say sometimes. Sometimes with me. Personal patience between people. Patience in general with things. No, nah. non-existent. I ain't going fishing. I'm not <laughs> waiting around for them fish. I hate fishing. <laughs> I, I can't stand it just because I'm not a patient person in that regard. Speaking of fishing... Tomorrow's our three-year anniversary. <laughs> What does that mean? Always fishing for a segue. Fishing for love. Like... <laughs> I it mean, is. three years officially together. We congratulations, have, have babe. Been together three years, eight months. <laughs> Probably four years, even. I mean, it'd be four years in August, won't it be? 
Something like that. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. I already gave you your present last night because when they delivered it, it was out of its any sort of subtle have, wrapping. It yeah, was just like its box. And it was didn't like, have ah, any other packaging around it. It's, it was just the package. So Brayden got me a HD projector for our room. Because we don't have a t- we don't have space for a TV in here. We have space for a projector. Yeah, <laughs> and we have a, a some blinds that we can close over our door. It's like a solid blind, and it's like the perfect screen almost. It's just, it's just a projector screen, pretty much. My our parents, my parents, sorry, <laughs> my parents, pretty much just installed a projector screen. <laughs> yeah, pretty well, and without uh, knowing it. Yeah, I mean, it's blue. Well, not the the screen is blue, so it sort of discolors some things when we're watching, like, The Simpsons or something. Yeah, but... Marge just looks naked the whole time. Her green <laughs> yeah. dress is yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But overall, it's a pretty great little projector, and I'm very happy. If you don't know, I cannot sleep without some type of noise, so yeah, I need, like, a telly on. And I, I, I don't like sleeping in the dark, so... Yep. Even when I've got a migraine. Evil things. Yeah. Even when I have a migraine, I've got to have the telly on, so. Yeah. And it had, like, the, we didn't realize, well, Brayden didn't realize when he bought it, but it has, the projector has speakers. So we don't even need, like, speakers. How cool is that? So fucking cool. I did not realize at all. No. We were about to whip out our massive big Bluetooth party yeah. speaker, and then... Which also, by the way, has lights on it, so it's pretty cool. And microphone plug-in so you can sing your favourite karaoke songs. Karaoke, am I I right? I should set up the microphone regardless so you can, like, (laughs) talk along to your favourite Simpsons episodes and (laughs) recite them. (laughs) (laughs) The microphone's there just for that. Simpsons. (laughs) Yeah. Today's going to be an expensive day. Oh, yeah. My car's not doing too well. It's pretty sick. I thought the yeah, I thought the radiator was... Uh, the ra- well, I was overheating lots, and I was like, oh, the radiator must have something wrong with it. So I took it to a radio- radiator repair shop, and they're like, nope, it's... A blown gasket. A gasket on your engine, which is probably like three or four times more expensive. Try like... $3,000. Yeah. Well, that's the max, probably. probably I hope it's not that if much. there isn't anything else wrong in the car. Yeah, so my savings are going to go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye house deposit, am I right? Well, yeah, it won't be that much. Hopefully. Yeah, but it's a good chunk. Yeah, you know, you feel like you get on a roll and then suddenly something just comes. But as the radio said... On the way home, as I was struggling to get home, stopping every now and then to fucking refill my car with water so I don't overheat and burn my engine to death, Bob Marley came on and he told me to not worry and be happy. You know, we got our anniversary tomorrow. I'm alive. Uh, we got two beautiful dogs and an annoying little cat that sometimes sleeps, but most of the time just tries to bite us. And two guinea pigs that mind their own fucking business. And we've got a fantastic podcast audience. Hey! Yeah! Thanks, guys. Today we're brought to you by our fantastic patrons over at www.patreon.com slash Shout out to me, mum. 
who uh, has become a dark magician. Hey, Donna. Hey, hey Donna. Welcome to the Dark Magicians. A very, that's a very old reference, but for some reason, it's stuck around. It's stuck around. Who doesn't love a good Yu-Gi-Oh reference? <laughs> because everyone that listens to this clearly listens, totally. watched Yu-Gi-Oh at some point in their life. Time to do, 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 do. But at the same time, many people in our stories are called Dark Magicians. That's right. So... Uh, who's going to go first this week? Um, I don't know, because I don't know who went first last week. I'll, I'll go first if you want. Yeah, you can go first. I'll just spruce us right up. Yeah, Here we go. It's not good. <laughs> it's not? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, today... And away we go. I will be Action. talking about a curse <gasps> that sent fear through an era of explorers. What kind of explorers? Egyptian explorers. Oh. This is the curse of the pharaohs. Mouse, shut up, dude. <laughs> He's just barking at the door. So get me out of here, you bullshit. I'll be talking about the curse of the pharaohs, and in particular, the curse of the tomb of Tutankhamun. Oh. I have heard it King pronounced Tutankhamun. To Tank Harmon, or I don't know how to pronounce it probably, but Tutankhamun's the way they pronounced it at night on the muse- night at the museum. So that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, so yeah, to add a bit of investment for you into did this Rami story, Malik play Tutankhamun. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yep. Surely that was one of his first roles. Uh, Has no. he been in heaps of He's movies? He's been in heaps of shit. Yeah, right. He's in Until Dawn for Christ's sake. Yeah, he's Mister Robot. So anyways, to add a bit of investment for you into this story, allow me to tell you a bit about Tutankhamun and the man that found the tomb prior to telling you what exactly happened. Just in case you've never heard it before. One of the most famous mummy stories, besides the mummy starring Brendan well, Fraser. Well, would you like to tell it then? <laughs> no, no, no. I would love to hear okay. you tell it, actually. And just being a smartass. Okay. I've had a mother energy drink. So Tutankhamun was the last of his family name, which was, uh, at that point the 18th dynasty of his family. So, in other words, his family had been ruling for 18 generations of royalty. And unfortunately for the young pharaoh, his culture believed that royal blood made a person a god, so they practiced incest in order to keep them perfect beings. Yeah, how'd that go for them? Yeah, well, unfortunately for Tutankhamun, 18 generations of inbreeding had left him rather disfigured. Uh, he had scoliosis and a club foot and all sorts of weird shit going on. So he only managed to live a year for each of the generations of inbreeding before him. So he died at the young age of 18. Oh, I know, he a bit was young. only legal. <laughs> what? He was only just legal. Oh, oh, I thought you said he looked like Smeagol. And I was like, yeah, well? he probably did look like Smeagol, actually. <laughs> Imagine with the big pharaoh hat on. Yeah. And, <laughs> and his little loincloth and everything. Yeah. <laughs> the unk and scepter or whatever. Anyways. So, yeah. yeah, this death was rather shocking to his court, as they had not anticipated his death this early in life. And they had yet to build him a tomb in the Valley of Kings, where all the rulers had been left mummified, like the high-ranking rulers. Hmm. Uh, due to Egyptian superstition and culture, they had to mummify and entomb the pharaoh near immediately. So they decided to put 
Tutankhamun in a tomb that they had constructed for a wealthy aristocrat instead of waiting for the um, his, to his tomb to be finished. Yeah, His reign was short, so the memory of Tutankhamun was also short, but <laughs> this was mainly due to the fact that Tutankhamun's father had abolished the practice of many of the worship of many gods and had like narrowed it down to one god like this sun god of sorts not Ra the sun god some other sun god name but Tutankhamun then came in and was pressed by his advisors because he was young and manageable they were like oh you should reverse that so he reversed it but when the next guy came in he still saw that family since I was the last of the family, saw that entire thing as like a sacrilegious sort of thing to do to abolish all the worship of all these gods. So yeah. he, he tried to get rid of Tutankhamun from history, and he pretty well did until the tomb was discovered and history kind of learned more about him. Oh. Yeah. So pass now into the future in the early 1900s. Howard Carter is an archaeologist, or was an archaeologist, an Egyptologist, on excavation sites in the Valley of Kings and was a damned renowned one at that. He had uncovered many groundbreaking discoveries that sent shockwaves through the world and there was like this big hype in the 1920s especially about like Egypt and like all these crazy things. Essentially the scientists and archaeologists were too like no better than like grave robbers. (laughs) Kind of I mean they're taking Egypt's national treasures away. Yeah but they're Archaeologist. Yeah, exactly. It's just a fancy term for Indiana Jones is a thief. (laughs) Oh, it's been abandoned for centuries. Like, let's just take it. Yeah, fuck history. It's now an artifact. Yeah. It's not someone's belonging anymore. (laughs) They died with it. (laughs) Why don't we just take their body while we're at it? Like I mean they're not using it, right? (laughs) So while Mr. Howard Carter was at one of his sites. Tourists could come in and purchase tickets to get access to the tomb so long as someone, like, guided them through. And they had to be respectful, obviously, because oh, it's a fucking yeah, ancient it's a, tomb. It's a tomb, guys. In come a group of drunk-ass French tourists. Ah, that sounds right. Show me the things, wee oui, wee. Oui. And they don't even have the right fucking tickets, but they demand to be led right into that tomb. So Cowder goes up and is like, no, you guys can't come in here. Like, come on, you're drunk. You don't have the right tickets, you haven't paid the right concession, like, you're not coming in. Clearly they knew that they couldn't go in there. An old Frenchie McGee, fucking French toast boy, <laughs> French fry, fucking punches one of Howard's uh, workers in the face. And they all start getting really antsy and Howard starts, like, there starts being a scuffle between the two. And Howard's like, fuck, we need to defend the fucking tomb and the relics and stuff because... These people are about to start destroying, like, ancient history. Mm. French fucking tourists. French so, <laughs> fucking tourists. <laughs> so Howard orders his men to fight back against the French tourists. And big scuffle, they get fought off. But the French tourists are all butthurt by the fact that they got they weren't allowed to see the tomb and they got their asses handed to them. So they go back and their French... What is it? Like a foreign minister or something along those lines demands that Howard apologize to the French for the beating that he gave them. (laughs) And he's like, obviously he has a backbone, so he's like, ah, no, no chance at all. And then, yeah, but that kind of fucked him over because he was then kicked out of Egypt because of it. Oh, oh, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, so that's in like the, I think that's late 1800s or like just well on 1900. Uh, skip ahead now then to the mid 1910s and early 1920s. A wealthy lord by the name of Lord Carnarvon is looking for adventure. And what better for that in such a time of discovery than to go and dig for tombs in Egypt? But you see, he needed an archaeologist. And everyone with any credibility was already in Egypt and in the Valley of Kings digging. Except for the famed Howard Carter. So for private hire, he managed to get around the ruling that he was banned and serve Lord Carnarvon back in Egypt digging in the Valley of Kings once more. Because of being hired privately. Yeah. How cool is that? So anyways, yeah, skip ahead a bunch of years. This whole time in Howard's career, the burial site of King Tut, his tomb, had been eluding him. Like, he found... Because grave robbers had gotten there prior. They'd only dug, like, a small entry into the tomb, so they couldn't get big items out. So the things they usually find were, like, these, like, antique glassware and stuff that all had, like, King Tut's, like, name and stuff like that inscribed into them. And he's like, we haven't discovered this, King Tut. Where is this? Anyways, so... They're like their way of like trying to. um... They're brand merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Get Um, your King Tut mug to erase King Tut from history. Was that like their way? Just bury all of the shit with his name (laughs) on it with him. No, I I think I think that's what they did. They like. I know that they were like like, ceremonial sort of stuff. Yeah, like I I know that, but I mean specifically though. I don't think so. I think. Or was it just all? Yeah, yeah. Like I each of the each of the rulers would have like items with yeah, their names and inscriptions oh, and okay. signs on it. Because you've got to think like their their way of writing was like hieroglyphic. So King Tut wouldn't be like King Tut. It'd like look like just a couple of pictures. So it'd be like a bit easier to write. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, the king of bird sun, etc. No, I don't know what it oh, translates really to. Cool, you already knew it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Mm, hieroglyphics. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skip ahead a whole bunch of years, and the pair haven't really found anything of quite large significance. Like, they've found a number of awesome things, but nothing too noteworthy. And Carnarvon, at this point, wants to pull out of Egypt because he's invested a lot of money and his finances are starting to become a little lower. But. Howard convinces Carnarvon to stay in Egypt, and his enthusiasm gives Carnarvon this, like, sudden burst of excitement. It's like, all right, we'll stay here one more year, but if we don't find anything, we're out. That's it. Over and done. So, well, on the side of one of their lesser discoveries, a water boy who was bringing a jug of water stumbled over a rock dislodged the rock which led to the staircase to King Tut's tomb. Oh, shit. So, then so they it was ex- the water boy who discovered The water boy kind of discovered Never it. Never underestimate their water boys and their fucking clumsiness. <laughs> Fumbling everywhere and tripping over shit. They do. Whoops. Have you seen all the movies where there's a water boy? Always falls over yeah. somehow. Yeah. Always looks disheveled. I don't, like, why? You've got one job to bring water. They go to pour How the Gatorade on the coach like at the, the end and just, like, slam it on his head. That's pretty much what water boys do, right? Pretty much what happened in this instance. They Le- just slammed legit. the Gatorade on King Tut's head. Exactly. So. <laughs> Instead of pouring the water on him. 
Yeah, so after going through the legislation, the tomb was opened in 1922. But with such a discovery came a great curse, as the pharaohs had sought mystical protection to deter grave robbers. Of course, the modern humans didn't believe in such poppycock, but they should have. So Carter sent a message to his home, where he kept a golden canary that was given to him by Carnarvon as a good luck charm after he renewed his excitement. The messenger first heard a faint human cry as he approached the house, and sitting in the cage in place of a canary was a cobra, with the canary in its mouth. The cobra was a symbol of the pharaohs and the Egyptian monarchy. Surely... This was an omen of things to come. Mm-hmm. Mm. There was also something about the diggers seeing, as they were digging down into the tomb, a hawk flying to the west. And there's something in Egyptian culture and sort of uh, occultism that if you see a hawk, then you should be wary. And if it's flying to the west, <laughs> particularly, then something bad's on the horizon for you. Oh, so they were shit. like, oh no. And it started like being like a, everyone was fucking freaking out. Hell Superstitious. Yeah. I mean. I believe that. Like, Hell you know, yeah. Don't let those hawks fly to the worst. They have those power-generating pyramids. I would <laughs> believe every single word they say about which direction a fucking hawk flies. Yeah, yeah. So, the first of the bad luck and deaths came to Lord Carnarvon himself, who had been bitten by a mosquito on the cheek and accidentally cut it open while shaving. The wound got septic and he got blood poisoning. From yep. His immune I mean, system malaria, became yeah, incredibly low and he ended up getting pneumonia. pneumonia. I believe he did actually contract malaria like a number of times as well. Should he have died f- long before that, <laughs> You can survive malaria. Can you? Yeah. I thought that was deadly as shit. I thought you just die as soon as you get no, no, no. it. There's, oh, there's this guy who well, does lots of... Uh, he's like a fighter. He does lots of trips over to help the pygmies by building wells and stuff for them. Yeah. And he's had malaria like six times or something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway. I thought you'd just die from it. I thought, I I thought think you'd it's, just die. I think it's so bad for them because they don't have access to the medical uh, requirements. Yeah, yeah, to we do because yeah. first world. Exactly. That sucks. So, yeah, funnily enough, the mm. mummy of King Tut. King Tut? King Tut? The mummy of King Tut had a similar scar on his cheek. Coincidence? I think not. That's exactly what I had written up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> so, next is archaeologist Henry Field, who visited... Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Let me just connect the dots. So... Yep. Because he died with that mark on his cheek. That's how that guy dies? Oh, no. King Tut didn't die from... I think King Tut... No, he died with it. But the guy died because his wound on his face, there was a mosquito bite that he cut open, got septic, and then he got blood poisoning. Yeah, but it's the same as King Tut. Yeah, King Tut had a wound on his cheek. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, that guy died because of that. Yeah. And it's the same scar. Yep. That's freaky shit. Yeah. So, archaeologist Henry Field, who visited the tomb after its opening, recalled how a paperweight given to Carter's friend Sir Bruce Ingram was composed of a mummified hand with its wrist adorned in a scarab bracelet marked with... Cursed be he who moves my body. To him shall come fire, water, and pestilence. So anyways, old Bruce Ingham, nothing happened to Henry Field, but Bruce Ingham took that fucking hand home, and soon after receiving the gift, his house burned down. No. When he rebuilt it, 
a flood came no. and tore the house down. I'm not sure about the pestilence, but <laughs> yeah. What does pestilence mean? Like disease and corruption. Did he get any diseases? Were there rats there? Probably. Probably. That's insane. Right? What the fuck? That is actually insane. Yeah. So I'm ha- freaking out right now. <laughs> Howard Carter reported seeing jackals of similar appearance to the look of Anubis. Anubis is the god of death yeah. or protects the underworld or something like that, I believe. Anyways, who guarded the tomb of Tutankhamun. There were like a number of these guardians. Mm. And he hadn't seen any jackals in the 30 years that he had seen it, but after he opened that, he immediately saw jackals that appeared like Anubis. Oh, shit. And here are, here are some other deaths that okay. occurred. Okay. George Gould. Poor Gouldy. Uh, first visited the tomb... Oh, I'm sorry. George Gould the first. Oh, the first. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the first Goulds. He's one of the first Goulds. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, he so visited that's a the tomb. Thing to note. And he died a year later after developing a fever from his visit. Pestilence? Oh, I think so. My god. A C Mace, who was a member of Carter's excavation team, Died of arsenic poisoning six years after the tomb opening. Oh, my God. Richard Bethel died seven years after the tomb opening. He died in bed without any signs of wounds or struggle, but may have been smothered. Oh. And finally, Howard Carter. Died ten years after the opening, so it's a little spacious. He died at the age of 64. Uh, from Hodgkin's disease, so I'm fairly certain that's does blood cancer, is it? Is that a, yeah, I think Hodgkin's disease is like a blood cancer or something yeah. like that. Yeah, there are other like superstitious things and weird things that locals have had, and like lots of their occultism and like their superstitions as a culture were played upon in that, causing lots of superstition. Superstition, and like this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the. The newspapers at the time were picking up on this, and this is how King Tut's tomb and King Tut became like one of the most well-known pharaohs. Name another pharaoh outside I, King no Tut. Clue. You can't. Absolutely you, no clue. You think of pharaoh, you think yeah, King, King Tut. Tut. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. His curse was what made him famous, and the fact that it was in the height of all this, and it was such an unmoved tomb aside from like the th- smaller things that had been taken out previously yeah. but they'd done so well at hiding it it was like four rooms in a yeah like four rooms off the main chamber which had been found and they tried to get into his actual burial chamber but they couldn't because it was sealed too well like it was their other rooms were like hidden behind things so they were really trying to like do their best to defend Whoa. it because grave robbing is like the biggest thing in fucking destroyer of history to be honest <laughs> yeah exactly I don't know what it is. Our human obsession with grave robbing. European obsession, mainly. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well. No, throughout the whole of history. It's I mean, just, there's a lot of grave robbing Other Egyptians on. were probably 95% of the ones who would take the... Yeah. Well, I mean... Desecrate the tombs and then fucking steal all the pharaoh's shit. Well, yeah, to, like, what, on sell and mm. live. That's sad. Yeah. Oh. I really love... I guess... That makes sense about obsession of grave robbing because like people are buried with their jewels and shit. Yeah, and exactly. Like, I, I don't want the body. I just want the jewels so I can you know yeah. get paid and 
get bread for my family so I don't go to jail for stealing bread. <laughs> um, after all these stories came out in the newspaper, there was an Italian communist dictator called Mussolini at the time, Benito Mussolini, I believe his name is. And he had... Benito. Yeah. He was a horrible person, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. He had... He sounds hot. Hot. I said horrible. Yeah, and I'm saying he sounds oh, hot. He does it. Yeah. Benito Mussolini. Anyway, he, he'd received a mummy as a gift. What and the Yeah, like, you just got given fucking mummies. And as soon as he read that, he's like, I want to get rid of this thing. I don't want this fucking mummy curse. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. How is he a horrible person, though? He was a communist dictator. Oh, communist dictator. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can look up is he the Benito Mussolini. Did he always wear gold rings? I'm just, I'm, I just imagine he's got a whole bunch of gold rings and go. chest hair. Am I wrong? Let me look up Benito. Is it Benito Mussolini? Uh, yeah, it's sound- Benito Mussolini. Uh, former Prime Minister of Italy. He no, like he's him? not hot. Not at all. What about the gold rings? Does he have gold rings? Um, I don't think so. Let me look at him. Here you go. Here's a I beautiful he picture of Mussolini. Day. Hey, not bad. Look. <laughs> yeah, it he looks some, like a thumb. He puts some um, hair on him, though. Yeah. And maybe take a couple decades off. He was a founder of fascism, and he inspired far-right totali- to- totalitarian rulers such as Adolf Hitler, okay. Francisco Franco, and Antonio de Oliveira Salazar. Okay, he's not a good so you know, guy. <laughs> no, he's inspo for Hitler. Hitler, well, saw, Hitler, Hitler saw his regime and was like, wow, this is, wow. This is very good. You can really dance. <laughs> you can really fascism. Anyhow, I wish that Mussolini had died via the mummy's curse, but he did not. He died via execution. Oh. After oh, the Italian Civil War. What type of execution? Uh, that I don't know. I'm not going to spend time looking that up because let's just keep going with the podcast. <laughs> I'd be a good interviewer, right? I'd just keep yeah. asking questions. <laughs> then uh, me on my phone not knowing the answer. <laughs> I'd be a horrible interviewee. <laughs> horrible guest. Yeah, something like that. What are you talking about, babe? Should we half time to see if we have any sweet reviews? Yeah, check them out. Let's see if we've got anything. Hold on, while you're searching, let me. Have you guys subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? Because you should. I've been trying to upload all of our episodes so that when we finally do a video episode, we've got all the other episodes up and we can just upload that one, right? Um, there's like this weird spam account. I've uploaded like six videos in the last two days. Pardon me. And um, yeah, there's like zero views on the videos. That's okay. You guys should subscribe and view them just to like help us out a little bit. Even if you just put on mute in the background, it's cool. But it's <laughs> like one account keeps commenting like, hey, do you remember me? Do you want to be friends? I want to be YouTube friends. Oh my God, this like, guy. This is spam, 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 but I'm going to like the comment. <laughs> yeah, let's be friends. Yeah, let's be friends. Give me some of your like 480,000 subscribers, you Whoa. spam bot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no new reviews. No Subscribe new reviews. to us on YouTube and send us a review over here and we will read it out if it is a beautiful five-star review. Thank you so much. We love you. If it's not, I'm still going to read it out. We might I'm read it out or mention you. it if it's not. I'll roast you. 
All right, moving on. Moving on. So, I love me a good clickbait title. Do it. So, I was scrolling through Facebook, as I do want to use, and um, this clickbait title of No One Wants a Free Haunted House After Former Owners Shares uh, Screepy. Screepy screenshots. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to read that whole thing again. Yeah, do it again. Um, no one wants free haunted house after former owner shares creepy backstory. Oh, I had to click on it because I was like, "All right." Some things you can't avoid clicking on. Yeah, and like the picture of the house does look kind of creepy because it hasn't been well kept. You know, mm. as all houses end up looking, we've got plenty of them that look like that around this area. Yeah. So I thought I would, I would see what it's about. Do a little bit of research. Every single article I looked at was the same, but I still think it's interesting, so I still did it. Give us I've a rundown. I've only got one page. That's all good. That's all good. Quick app's a good app. That's right. Is this going to be a quick app? Yeah. Yeah, like 40 minutes. Uh, so this four bedroom... Okay, so you know it was written by a real estate. Okay. Because of... They're trying to sell it. Because <laughs> they're trying to sell it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's for free. The house itself is for free. It's not the land, just the structure. Ah. Uh, that's it. That's, that's where the they catch. get you. That's the catch. So you've got to relocate the home. You've you got to read it. that fucking, that fine script. Otherwise, you do. <laughs> you're gonna be, yeah. That's why I was like, oh, free house. <laughs> All right. I don't mind living in a haunted house if, if, if it's free. Yeah. It's cool. Why not? Um, so this four bedroom, three bathroom home in Yonsville, Louisiana, US, was built in the 1930s and has gained a bit of spooky reputation as been compared to the Amityville Horror House. Oh, hell. But as I went through and read all the stuff, I just want to state this. It's not compared to it because of the haunting, just by the look of it. Ah, uh, okay. Which, again, another clickbait. I read straight into that. I was like, I'm fucking reading all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, clickbait uh, it gets me clickbait every time. Clickbait gets you every time. Every fucking time. Like, I don't know any difference until I've, like, read an entire article. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, no one has dared to move in despite the literal non-existent price. One former resident, Dawn Vallo de Clout, claims the home is haunted by her great-grandmother, Adele. She lived to be about 90 and was about four foot nine. This spirit is well known for stirring cooking food left unattended in the kitchen and moving around pots. Her great-grandmother died in the front room of the home in 1967. Dawn's family owned the 160-acre plot, which has like a whole plantation on it, Wow! Um, since 1860, but the house itself wasn't built until 1930s. If you buy a plantation, you better believe it's going to be haunted. Oh, it better be fucking haunted. It's going to be haunted, I guarantee you. It has to be. And the, the movie, the movie, <laughs> the family had moved out in the 1980s. So Dawn says, we believe Adele is a ghost, but not menacing at all. She was probably four foot nine and weighed about 100 pounds. She lived to be almost 90 and she was always digging in, in the pots. Like when you have something on the stove and someone goes and looks in the pot and stirs it around. She was well known for that. And so when we lived there, we used to hear her all the time jangling the pots when we had something on the stove. You could hear somebody picking up the lid, but there was nobody in the kitchen. Oh, she's just checking on the she's bloody food. She's just checking on the cooking. Like she's a great grandmother. You know yeah, that she, yeah, like, she probably loved cooking. She's a chef. Hell yeah. Chef ghost. 
Sylvia McLean, 63, a co-owner of McLean Investments, the people that bought the land, took to Facebook to share snaps of the home in a bid to convince someone to move and restore the home so they could build new property on the land. But due to the stories going around and a flood of comments on the post from ex-residents and visitors who reported the creepy goings-on, no one is yet to claim the home. Right. I found a Facebook post. Do it. And this is what it says. Free house to be moved. 337-456-4690. 9am to 4pm, Monday to Friday. You may recognise this iconic home that is isolated on Vero School Road. It's the old Vincent Vallet Grandview Nursery Home, built in the late 20s, early 90s. McLean Development recently purchased this land and home in an effort to save the history of the home. We are offering it to anyone who would be interested in moving it to another location for restoration. We have concentrated our efforts and development costs in saving as many of the trees as possible and simply do not have have a space in the neighbourhood for the home. Home was occupied until six months ago. Two ACs were in working order. The home has been vacant due to development. Needs some TLC. We would love to see someone take it to be moved and restored. And it is a gorgeous home. It's two stories. It's massive. It's got like this little patio area out to the side. A little, like someone's extended onto the house at some point. It's very cute. Very cute. Very old looking. And it comes with a fucking grandma butler ghost. Well, yeah. But... Someone made a comment on the page that I find is like, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. Cool. I'll get to it in a second. So that's the post, yeah? Then people started commenting like, oh, my God, I'm interested. And then people were like, uh, it's haunted as fuck. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So Sylvia admitted she's heard all the stories about the potential hauntings of an old woman and said former owners have had ghost hunters in to rid the home of her spirit. Though, she remains hopeful that the history of the home can be saved and it's free for anyone to take and to move to another location for restoration. Sylvia went to the same school as Dawn and grew up around the area. She said, I don't know if it's haunted, but I do know about all the rumours surrounding the house. I'm aware there's a lot of talk about the house being haunted. Dawn and her brother always tell the story that their great-grandmother would stir the pot while they were playing cards in the living room. And then the girl that lived in it, who was the last tenant, everybody called her Gypsy because she believed in the spirits and all that stuff. The previous tenant even told us she had somebody come in and check for spirits. That was a direct quote. I didn't make any errors there. It makes no sense to me, those two sentences. (laughs) Here is the gypsy person's quote i was the last tenant that lived there before it was abandoned the property was heaven but the house is quite unsettling if you don't enjoy communicating with the spirit world because they speak loudly oh god so maybe there's more than just some yeah i think pots are stirring you know (laughs) i think they've got a grade a gateway to hell uh maybe maybe but doesn't sound like anything malicious either So one person had offered to take the home, but had a change of heart when they discovered it would cost over £64,000 or $80,000 to move and reassemble at a new location. Oh, wow. So there's your catch. You can have the house, but you've got to provide the cost of moving it. Yeah, of course. Of course. 
Um, Sylvia believed that if the two-storied 2,400-square-foot home was kept close by, it would cost about half of that because then they wouldn't have to pull it apart. They could probably just knock down a few power lines and, uh, and boom. move it a couple miles down the road. That's it. You know? The post on Facebook obviously got hundreds of responses, and one person, Gary Ullman, wrote, Yes, it is haunted. I experienced three things that could not be explained, and my friend that lived there had more than that. We actually experienced one together, and we still talk about it, but did not go on to explain any further than that. Damn. Very frustrating. Yeah. Melissa Potopi (laughs) wrote, Most likely the haunting will stay attached to the land, and whoever lives in the new home they build will have to deal with it. I don't think so. But unless, unless how many stories have we done where, like, they've knocked down a house, they've built a new house, but whatever happened previously happened in the basement of that old house, and they would still get the haunting. Yeah. Like, you know, I, but I, I can see that, but also, if the spirit is attached to the physical house itself, then maybe it would go yeah. with the house. Because, I mean, you see so many stories about how pieces of furniture are haunted things like dolls that. and stuff so if the i think if the bodies are buried on the land or if they're specifically attached to the land not necessarily the property then maybe well, they'll stick around i i would assume that this great grandmother had lived her whole life on that plantation yeah and died you know in the home so this is going to get real parapsychology here yeah. for a second but if there's like a, like, I don't know, if a location has more of an opening to, in quotations, the spirit world or whatever, does that stay inside the house or is that a fixed thing that stays in that space in time? I don't know. Like if, say, my fucking bedroom, the top left corner for some reason is a gateway to hell if i move the house is the top left corner still the gateway of hell or is that space in the air the gateway to hell the gateway to hell i don't know mate. i don't think these are ever questions that are going to get answered because no. this is all parapsychology and this doesn't make sense <laughs> our whole podcast doesn't make sense everything exactly. on this podcast does not make any fucking sense these are the big questions we got to ask that will never get answered they will never be answered until we die and we can finally answer them, but no one's going to listen to us because we're dead. <laughs> right? Oh, she's just staring the pot again. Fucking listen to me, mate. Yeah. Do you see the magnets on the fridge? Hello? Cat, pot plant, cat? Hello? <laughs> Don't one else understand what I she's mean? She's writing in hieroglyphics. <laughs> <laughs> she's bad at it, too. Yeah. She just says, I have stinky breath. <laughs> <laughs> it says King Tut's curse. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're fucked. Anyway. So another person commented, I knew someone who rented it. I've been in it. It is a lot less antique than you'd expect. More like someone updated it in the 60s. Did you have a lot of, uh, did have a lot of weird noises in the ceilings and walls though? Creepy. But also could just be the house settling. Yeah. It's an old wooden house. Mm. Yeah. Sylvia, however, is just worried that someone may not take on the project of relocating the structure because of the cost because of the cost, as any interest fell through quickly with her Facebook post as well. She says it's probably going to need to be taken apart in order to move uh, in order to move it unless it's going really close by. It's bittersweet, 
We know somebody would have a nice place with some historical value and a little bit of a story, but it's a chapter of our family that we that will be moving on. We probably won't tear the house down. We'll probably either restore it or find a place for it unless we have to. Very cool. So all they want is just to clear the land, build something new and make more money off of it. So if, hey, any of you out there want they can't a make money house. off a haunted house, hello, it's 2020. Yeah. I will pay big bucks to go and live in that house right now. Go and stay in the haunted house. Boom. I've only got $500 in my bank and I will make it work. <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> You'll pay the rent for a week just so you can Hey, Bob, do you want to just pick up a house in Louisiana yeah. for us? <laughs> yeah, bring it to Minden and we'll live there. Yeah, we'll live there with you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's a haunted house. We'll have so much fun. <laughs> yeah. The fucking hauntings from that place can mingle with Bob's oh, Haunted cute. Museum and create like the weirdest a massive portal amalgamation. Yeah. <laughs> Corn and demons is going to be the <laughs> motto of Nebraska. Corn and demons. <laughs> uh, I think we found our episode name. I don't know. It's got nothing to do with the rest of the episode. That's though. fine. Yeah, fair enough. That's the whole point of it. All right. But that's my story, and I just thought it was kind of cute that like a little old lady's like haunting this house, yeah, and she just wants fun. to help everyone with their cooking, <laughs> stirring the pot yeah. in more ways than one. Literally, literally, literally. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's about all we have time for. That is literally all we have time for. I'm gonna finish off a subject with my course and go to my brother's for dinner. Good job. All right. Well, thanks for everybody. Thanks for everybody listening. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. And, um, uh, make sure you use... follow us on all the social medias. Uh, remember, I've got that YouTube channel going. Get on there, subscribe. There will be some primo content eventually. Indeed, you can follow us on Patreon, where we release our episodes at least forty-eight hours early That's if we're not right. being slack. And you'll receive other sorts of content over there, special bonus things, and also maybe even some live recordings if you get to it. Yeah, that's right. So, um, everything is just you, me, and a poltergeist. You should know it by now. You've clicked on the episode and the name of this podcast, so you should know how to spell it. I don't. I don't need to spell it for you. Exactly right. And in this time of uh, isolation, where you may not be too much moving around, you know, you're trying to stay at home, stay still. Just don't forget to exercise regularly. <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one get that Ex- sage out and do some squats <laughs> <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.